Who here, uh, who likes a good story? Anybody like a good story? Most of us, right? In, in some way or another, we love stories. We love stories because they entertain us. But I, I think it's true that we also love stories because they teach us things. Right? We use stories to make sense of the world. They remind us sometimes that we're not alone in the world, that other, other people, other characters have had experiences. I also think it's true that sometimes we know a story so well, we have it like memorized, we know the story by heart. Sometimes we know a story so well that there are details in the story that we can miss, things that are right there that we don't notice anymore because we, we know it so well that we just glance over and, and don't pay attention to all of the details. So this month at Clay Church, we're going to be looking at some pretty well-known Bible stories, the Tower of Babel and, and Noah's Ark and Joseph and the, and the dream coat. We're going to be looking at those stories, but we're going we're gonna to look at them the, the sermon series title is Inside Out. We're going to like turn them inside out and we're going to look and we're going to go, wait, we know these stories so well. Many of us know these stories so well, but are, are there things inside of them that maybe we haven't noticed or maybe we haven't noticed in a while that might speak to our lives right now, that might speak to our lives today? So today we're going to start with Noah's Ark. And I thought maybe we'd start with a prayer. Would you all do a prayer with me and repeat after me and do a prayer? Can you do that? All right, let's, let's pray. Just repeat these words after me. Dear God, thank you for stories. Thank you for the Bible. Open these stories to us so we might see new things and better know your love. Amen. So actually, we're going to start with Noah's Ark, but I am going to tell two stories this morning, and I'm going to need your help. Some of you, when you came in today, you got animal faces. This is the time if you want to put those on, you can put on your animal face. I chose a panda bear because, like, who doesn't love a panda bear? I tried to do the, like, googly eyes, but my eyes just don't work. So you have to imagine the googly panda bear eyes. So you're, you're welcome to put on, put on your mask right now. But I'm going to need everybody's help, even if you don't have a mask. I need everybody's help with the stories today. As adults, we learn to just, like, passively take in stories. But the way we learn stories best, kids know this, right? We tell... we. It, ask them to act it out and get involved in the story. Because when your, your body and, and your, your mind start to engage the story, you, you, you learn a little bit better. So we're going to engage the story today. Um, and here's how we're going to do this. I want you to think of an animal in your head right now, preferably one that makes noise. I don't know what noise a panda makes. Um, preferably one that makes noise. And now I want you to make that animal noise right now. Come on, you can do this. Animal noises. Very good. Very good. All right, so here's how this is going to work. I'm going to tell two stories today, and there are animals in both stories. When I say the word animals, you are going to make your animal noises, all right? And some of you received animals when you walked in today. If you received animals when you walked in today, the first time I say animals, we're going to see how they fit in the story. You're going to bring them forward and put them around the boat here, all right? Okay, so here we go. Lots of people know the story about Noah, but today I want to uh, share a story about another guy. His name is Utnapishtim. All right, say that after me. Utnapishtim. 
Yeah, his story isn't as well known in Noah's, and I wonder if it's because his name is so hard to say. Like, like it's, could you imagine spelling it in the first grade? Utnapishtim is his name. His story takes place in a, in a, in a land called Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is actually the place where Abraham comes from in the Bible. So it's a story that Abraham probably knew. And his story is in a book called the Epic of Gilgamesh. The Epic of Gilgamesh. In Utnapishtim's story, people believed that there were lots of gods, not just one god like we know. They believed there were lots of gods. And they believed that humanity, people came to be just because of like wars between the God and mistakes. It wasn't intentional. They believed that the whole world was just chaotic. And as a human being, you just had to try and navigate this chaotic world. One of the gods in this story, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, decides that he wants to wipe out all people. And so he's going to send a flood and he's going to wipe out everything. But this guy named Utnapishtim learns about what's happening. And he decides he's going to outsmart the gods that are trying to destroy the earth, and he's going to build a boat. And so he builds a huge boat, and he puts onto that boat all of his family members and his extended family, and then he puts on all kinds of baby animals. Animals. All right, good. Now bring the animals forward. He's going to put all the animals on his boat. If you have sea animals, you might put them in the ocean, but otherwise, just put them there around, around the ark. After Utnapishtim loads his boat with baby animals and with his family, a flood comes and it wipes out everything on earth. But Utnapishtim and his family survive because Utnapishtim is resourceful. Perfect. And Utnapishtim is crafty. And then the gods award Utnapishtim with immortality. Utnapishtim gets to become one of the gods. Does this story sound a little bit familiar? So now I'm going to tell another story. It's a story many of you have heard before. It's the story of Noah. And I want you to pay attention to the ways that the story is similar, but also the ways that the story is a little bit different. In Noah's story, one God made all of humanity. One God made all of the people. And he made people with purpose and with meaning. God made people because God wanted relationship with people. And God actually took the chaos and he ordered it as he created. And in that order... God created people and everything to be good. In fact, he created people to be very good. God also, though, gave people the opportunity to make choices. 
How many of you make good choices sometimes? How many of you make bad choices sometimes? God gave people the opportunity to make choices. And some people made good choices. But in that time, a lot more people made bad choices. And they made really bad choices. In fact, they all collectively made so many bad choices that they were destroying the earth and everything that God had made. And God realizes that God needs to do something. And so God first thinks, well, maybe I should send a flood and just wipe it all out. But then the one God has a different idea. The one God says, there's this man named Noah, and Noah is righteous. Do you know what, what righteous means? It means in right relationship with God. It means Noah knew God, and Noah made good decisions based on, on, on Noah's relationship with God. And so Noah, God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Noah and I'm going to invest in Noah and help Noah to, to make things right again. And so God tells Noah to build an ark, a huge boat, and to load it up with lots of animals. You're catching on. And so Noah does as God instructs, which has to have been really weird. Like, can you imagine, first of all, God says there's going to be a flood, but you haven't seen any sign of rain. And then, and then you have to build this giant boat. And then you've got to get all of these animals in the boat. And then you were on that boat for 40 days and 40 nights of rain. And for 150 days after that, while the waters recede, animals are noisy. Can you imagine 190 days of that sound all the time? The story says, then the waters recede. And Noah and his family step out of the boat. And those who know the story know that the promise God then makes is not to destroy all of the earth again with a flood, and he puts what in the sky? A rainbow. Now, why did I tell you two stories? Well, because I think if we pay attention to the differences between the two stories, we can learn something about God and, and maybe about us. In the first story, there are multiple gods, and it's all just chaos, and there's no real meaning, and the only way to survive is being crafty and, and tricky and, and resourceful. In the other story, there is one God that deeply cares about people, about you, and, and about me. And even though people sometimes make bad choices, this one God doesn't give up on people. God isn't giving up. The story of Noah is a story that is told so that people can get a better understanding of, of God. Right? God isn't just in the midst of chaos and doesn't care. God is involved with people and wants things to be better for all of creation. And then it gets even better. This is, this is how this part of the story ends. In the Bible, we're going to read from Genesis chapter 9. The flood has ended and the, uh, Noah and the, the animals are stepping out of the ark. And then 
we read this. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with ever, every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever a rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all of life on the earth. Two things we might notice in this story. One, did anybody else think that I said covenant a lot? Like, covenant is important. Your English teacher would say, get out of thesaurus and stop repeating the word covenant over and over and over again. This covenant, it's important. But the second thing is, who is the rainbow in the sky for? Did you notice? Is it for us? No. The rainbow in the sky is so that God will remember. It says it twice. God puts the rainbow in the sky so God says, I will remember, which is kind of funny. Like, does God forget things? That doesn't make much sense. Like, it feels like God is, a, is God, so God, right, created everything. Surely, surely God remembers. I don't think God forgets things. I think the rainbow in the story tells us something super important about God. I think the rainbow in the story is for us to pay attention to what kind of promise God makes to us. Remember that important word covenant? A covenant is like a promise. In the time of the Bible, most of, most of society had kings and kingdoms, and then there were people who lived in the kingdoms the subjects of the king. And covenants would be made between the king and the subjects. And the king would offer protection and, and care, resources, in exchange for the, for the fealty, for the, uh, for the people to do some things and, and be loyal to the king. Right? It was a covenant. And that covenant would have a sign. The king would have a, have a sign. If you've, if you've seen TV shows, sometimes they'll roll the ring in the, right? It's the sign of the covenant. There was a sign for the covenant. And the, the covenant sign was to be worn by the people. They would either have a ring on their finger if they were the subject of the king, or they, would, or they would wear it, the sign on their clothing, and it said, I belong to this king. I am, I am loyal to this, this king. And it was the subject's job, 
right, to bear the sign of the covenant and to stay loyal, not the kings. And so if you were out in society and you didn't have the sign with you, it meant you weren't necessarily under the care of, of the king. The king might not provide resources, might not take care of you. That's how it was set up. So we notice in the story, if we think of God as a king and we're all part of God's kingdom, notice who, has, who holds the sign of the covenant, who holds on to the promise and remembers. It's not us. It's God. God promises to hold on to the covenant and the, and the promise. God keeps the sign of God's love and grace for us. You see, the story of Noah's Ark reveals that our God isn't just angry or chaotic. Our God doesn't want to just wipe us out when we do bad things. Our God might get disturbed or angry or upset when we make lots of, of bad decisions, sure. But our God loves us so much that our God is going to do everything God can to redeem us, to, to make things right again, to, to lure us back to know that love and, and good life that God wants for each one of us. Ultimately, the story of Noah's Ark reveals a God who loves us no matter what. A God who saves us from our bad decisions. Our God is willing to endure anything, anything, to restore a right relationship with us. The truth at the heart of Noah's Ark is God loves you and is willing to endure anything to restore a right relationship with you. The truth in the story of Noah's Ark is that no bad decision, nothing in our past, nothing we can do will stop God from being right there. Some of you have heard me use this, this before. This is how I, I picture our, our life, this promise, right? God is like right here, right here next to us, arms open wide all the time, God never leaves our side, never stops putting arms out to embrace and hold on to us and welcome us into to loving and good relationship. Now, sometimes in our lives, we come to church and we read our Bibles and we pray and we are in right relationship with God, but sometimes we wander away and we don't pay attention to our, our faith and we don't pay attention to God and sometimes we make bad decisions. But the gift is, the promise is that we maybe don't even remember that God is there, but God doesn't forget. The sign of the rainbow is a reminder that God doesn't forget. God never is absent from being right there with arms open, ready to embrace us. And our invitation then is whenever we're lost, we can think of the rainbow, whenever we've made some bad decisions and we think, we think we're in big trouble. We can remember the rainbow. We can remember that God promises to love us no matter what, and we can always turn back to the good that God wants for us, the right relationship God wants for us. God created you with purpose and meaning, not as an accident. God doesn't need you to have it all together God just needs you to be willing when you realize you don't have it all together to turn back to God. To our graduates today, 
I wish, I wish we could say that, you know, the, the world is, is getting better and that, and that we're going to hand you a world that, that'll be freer of suffering and struggle and, and difficult times, but, but none of us can make that promise because we as human beings, we have free will and sometimes we make bad decisions. But to our graduates today, we can offer, I can offer this promise, this truth that comes from the story of Noah but continues throughout the Bible. And that truth is this, that no, no matter the bad decisions, no matter the struggles or the challenges, God is right by your side and God is always working to redeem humanity. God is always working to make things right with you and with the world. And our invitation is just to turn and say yes to the love of Christ. I can offer you the truth that at the heart of Noah's story, this idea that God holds the covenant and will endure anything leads us to Jesus and a God who would endure even the cross for us to know the extent of God's presence and God's forgiveness, and God's grace in our lives. This is the gift of the rainbow. It reminds us not just that God loves us, but how far God is willing to go to be sure that we know that love. It reminds us that we can't do anything can't do anything to break the promise of God's love because God holds the promise secure. It reminds us that that love is always there. All we have to do at any point in our lives is say, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, I know you love me and I love you. Amen.